Episode 283, June 1st, 2017. Hey Jeepers, if you've ever had your Jeep stolen, you'll want to hear our first story. We'll cover some off-road events coming up and even get to some reviews. Tammy waxes poetic about Moab, yes, again, and teaches us the proper way to shift into four low. I'll go into the differences of dielectric grease products and showcase a unique product you'll want to have in your toolbox. Nikki G calls in and Dan from the 4x4 podcast is here with another overlanding segment. It's all happening on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Podcasting since 2010. Are you ready? It's the G Talk Show. Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And brace yourself. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Why are there so many missing? Oh my God. Now, in all seriousness, folks, there has been a massive run on stolen Jeeps lately, and I have no idea what's going on. Recently, in a cross-border auto heist that resembles a scrap plot from the Fast and the Furious franchise, nine members of a Tijuana-based biker club lost their minds in a confused fit of amnesia and rage, stole 150 Jeep Wranglers using stolen computer codes and key designs, and probably a lot of tequila. Known as the Hooligans, (laughs) the biker gang uh, allegedly stole the Jeeps in the San Diego area over the last, well, several years, apparently, selling the vehicles or stripping them for parts across the border in Mexico. The value of the stolen Jeeps is around $4.5 million. Yeah, that's a lot of Jeeps. According to the indictment, the Hooligans staked out vehicles days before the thefts to obtain the vehicle identification numbers. With these numbers in hand, the suspects were able to get details to create duplicate car keys, as well as the codes needed to program the keys, linking them to the Jeep Wranglers. The key design and codes were stored in a proprietary database, but law enforcement officials don't know how the hooligans were able to access it. In the course of the investigation, authorities said that they learned that nearly 20 requests for duplicate keys were made by a Jeep dealership in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. After using the duplicate key to get inside the car, the hooligan members resembled, uh, resembling a scene out of the Matrix movies used a handheld electronic device to pair the key with the car's computer to turn the engine on and off. The whole process taking only minutes. While the exact name of the device used in the thefts has not been released, any law-abiding car thief knows that the key programmers are relatively cheap, with some costing less than 100 bucks and readily available online. Not that I'd know anything about that. <clears throat> Auto companies or their partners maintaining massive databases to store key and programming codes is not on itself unusual. After all, rightful car owners would need that information to create new keys if they were locked out. But in this case, it appears the security vulnerability may have been at the integrity of the database itself. One way for criminals to extract stored information is to hack into a network that has access to it. Well, another way to get authorized users' information uh, themselves and then pass it on, well, to share active credentials with someone who shouldn't have them. This is bad stuff, guys, because this is good information that can end up in the wrong hands, and, well, you guys know what can happen with this sort of thing. Experts say that widespread hacks of cars may soon become a reality. An alarming demonstration, you guys remember this, I reported on this last, well, a couple years ago, captured by a uh, widely read Wired article from 2015 
Researchers Charlie Miller and Chris Valasek showed that they could wirelessly hijack a 2014 Jeep Cherokee from over 15 miles away. The researchers could disengage the Jeep brakes, cause the transmission to malfunction, and at lower speeds, kill the engine altogether. Yeah, sounds fun, right? I bet you're wishing you would have held on to that old XJ now, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Well, big thanks to all of you guys out there who help us out by submitting stories for This Week in Jeep. If you have a response to any one of our stories or you got something you think we should be reporting on, well, by all means, shoot us an email. Send, it, uh, send us an in, uh, email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. I hate it when my, uh, my brain gets faster than my lips. Oh, I know. I, I do it all the time. Well, uh, we were talking before the uh, before the podcast started about this uh, this recent uh, stolen. Um, it's a. I don't want to say it's a. Uh, an off-road jeep it's like saying jeep twice uh it's it had a, a wrap on it it was uh, all done up with large tires axles and it was stolen out of the back of a, uh, a locked trailer and the word went out on social media and i think it was less than 24 hours and it was recovered that's the oh, one i was asking nice. you about and uh, i wasn't sure when i saw the the stolen jeeps in this week in jeep i thought that might have been one of them that you were going to talk about and i was i think uh, the police had video of that one and they put it out oh really Oh, that's right. That's right. I never saw yeah. the video, but I was right. really happy. And I was looking at Facebook real quick to see if I could find that story so I could be more than, right more than just vague about it. But uh, that's what I was talking about. Then they got it back less than 24 hours later. The cops found it in, uh, was it Arkadelphia or something like that? So I have not heard of what the condition is, but it was all fancied up, you know, with light bars. Mm. And, and I bet you had it lockers was, too. Um, it was like a company's Yes. Jeep. Yeah, that's what, I'm yeah. Trying, that's what that I was trying sounds- to say. Yeah, it sounds like a sales rep vehicle type of thing, you know, a demo right. vehicle, if you if you will. But uh, now you guys might remember uh, me reporting, was it two or three weeks ago, about a, a local uh, Jeep theft yeah. here, uh, actually in my circle of influence here. Uh, a friend of mine's, uh, you know, friend of a friend, uh, his daughter, you know, woke up one morning and yeah, Jeep was gone. Um, unfortunately, well, fortunately, unfortunately, the, the Jeep was recovered. It was a uh, mid-90s Cherokee, um, it, it really pretty much stock for the most part. Um, but they found it about 48 hours later, completely stripped, completely stripped, sitting on blocks. I just, and it's like, I, it boggles my mind. It's, this is a mid nineties. Yeah. I mean, there's a million of them in the junkyard. Why yeah. would you have to steal one? I mean, and, and that's just it. Is there, it didn't have a, you know, roof rack and a light bar and 30, you know, big old tires on it. No custom wheels. This thing was essentially stock. And it just boggles my mind why somebody would steal it. I can understand for a joyride or something, but to strip it, come on. That's a lot of work. That is a lot yeah. of work. Um, and, it, and it can be for that much that much money. Uh, I mean, you can buy a whole... No, uh, no, uh, no. Although, I mean, unless they're... You know, although the Cherokees are increasing in price as they get rarer and rarer, uh, but uh, it just... It boggles my mind. They might spend that much uh, that much time. So I, I think this is the the folks that uh, r- reported the stolen Jeep. It's uh, Collins Brothers Jeep, uh, is what I'm looking at, and uh, it has some uh, some fancy stuff uh, on it. I mean, I guess it's your basic Jeep, but it's got uh, sliders and a nice uh, uh, winch uh, uh, bumper and winch and uh, some off road uh, upgrades. Uh, it's not on 40s or anything like that. So, uh, but basically, oh yeah, seeing the seeing the pictures of this now, that's that's a decent Jeep. Oh yeah, uh, green uh, JK uh, four door JK uh, JKU rather. Uh, so uh, yeah, but they were they were recovered that. Uh, oh, it was stolen from Wiley, Texas. So it was just right here in the uh, the great state of Texas. Uh, I did not know that before. So anyway, that has been recovered. If you guys has, uh, saw that, uh, and uh, so I apologize for not having more. 
uh, specific information on that right away. Hey, folks, you know, right down here, right here, you see that? You can tweet to the show live. You can send us a tweet on Twitter by adding hashtag Jeep Talk Show during the live show, and you can watch right down here, the bottom of your YouTube video. Remember, hashtag Jeep Talk Show. Yeah, we love seeing that stuff. Uh, and we, we probably don't, can't see it during the show, but it's fun to look at it afterwards. So is the Jeep Talk Show just not enough for you? Need more? Well, we have more for you. Yeah, we do. <laughs> the, the Jeep Talk Show, uh, the Jeep Talk Call-In Show. Uh, just go to YouTube.com slash Jeep Talk Show on Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Time. Uh, Tammy and I will have a guest interview, and then we'll turn it over to you, the listeners. All you need is a phone and a voice. The Jeep Talk Call-In Show every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Time on YouTube.com slash Jeep Talk Show. Hey, and catch our episode 40 that Tammy and I did just this uh, this past Tuesday where we talked to Ryan uh, of Moreride, moreride.com. And here's a little bit of a, uh, something that uh, we did while we were uh, <laughs> while we were talking to him. It's the Jeep Talk Show Call-In Show with Tammy and Tony. So let me ask you if this isn't too much of a personal question. Uh, when you interviewed for this this job two and a half years ago, did they ask you if you owned a Jeep? Yes, yes, that did uh, that did come up in uh, in the conversation. Uh, did you lie to them then buy a Jeep? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, actually, the first the first uh, vehicle that I bought with uh, with my own money um, was a was a TJ Wrangler. So I I've kind of been kind of been true to that ever since ever since uh, college. So I, it was a pretty pretty easy answer when they were. Uh, when they were asking me if I had it, so it's been it's been fun, and plus I get some. Uh, you know, I've always volunteered to try out the new products. On my oh, team, so of course! Of course. Never yeah. <laughs> what a guy! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah! So we had a good time uh, talking to yeah. Ryan over at uh, MoreRide.com. They have a lot of uh, add-ons for the Jeeps, uh, the Wranglers, the the YJ, the JK, the JKUs. Uh, go check it out, and uh, don't forget to check out the interview that we did with uh, Ryan, episode 40 of the Jeep Talk Call-In Show. Yeah, sounds like you guys had fun. So this call-in show, Tony, I heard you, did I hear you right? You turned the whole show over to our listeners? What, 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 what could possibly go wrong here, people? It's, it's, yeah. like, the, it's like the Seinfeld episode where uh, Kramer had this idea where we would make their own pizzas. It would be all, it's all supervised, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've only uh, like, had um i think two crank callers that's pretty good yeah i think so well especially with Nikki g out there in the wings i'm surprised you guys <laughs> yeah. don't get more oh uh, well <laughs> super croc's been calling in so need yeah, i say more has. so uh coming up on our next jeep talk call-in show this uh, this coming tuesday uh we're going to ask you a question and you guys call in and let us know uh what is your favorite jeep storage solutions oh and i know oh, why oh, pick me pick me <laughs> i know why tammy's asking this because she yep. went over to more ride and bought a storage solution for her uh, for her jeep anytime we talk about shopping i break out that credit card yeah josh i don't know if you've it's heard dangerous that, if you've heard the episode yet or not but we're we're in the middle of the interview and tammy's shopping while we're <laughs> shocking. while we're talking shocking. to ryan <laughs> <laughs> I think she was Tammy. I know she was Come complaining on. that she didn't bring her uh, credit card down to the basement with her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times. Yeah. Good times. Going to have to check that episode out, folks. All right. So this is going to be our third in our Overland series with Dan of the four by four podcast. It's uh, about packing. Uh, I asked Dan, what uh, did he need and what didn't he need in his long trek from uh, the central U S to uh, Alaska? 
So Dan from the 4x4 Podcast joins us again for another question and answer in our series of overlanding. Uh, you can find out more about the 4x4 Podcast at www.the4x4podcast.com. Hey, Dan, thanks for joining us again for this uh, multi-segment uh, series on overlanding we're doing here on the uh, Jeep Talk Show. Not trying to steal your thunder, because uh, if you guys like uh, hearing about overlanding, uh, Dan does a roundtable discussion uh, which is uh, part of their series, uh, and they do a lot. Uh, they have a lot of people on from around the world that uh, do overlanding, uh, and uh, I uh, very much uh, uh, suggest you go over there and have a listen. Uh, but uh, we've had some people wanting to know more about overlanding, and uh, Dan's been good enough to jump in here and help us out a bit. So um, of all the items uh, you packed for overlanding, what did you need and what didn't you need? And, of course, I'm uh, referring to Dan's trek from uh, the central United States. Where, where was that, Daniel? Was it uh, Missouri that you left from? Where was it in the central United States? It was United from the, uh, the Kansas side of Kansas, Kansas. City. Okay. So, yep. And we drove all the way through Colorado, um, up through Idaho, uh, Washington, and Oregon. And we kind of doubled back a little bit to make the... Uh, some events and see some friends before actually crossing the border into Canada through the entire, I think just about the entire length of British Columbia, which shocking. It's huge. <laughs> British Columbia is a lot bigger than Texas. Um, and like you can drive across Texas in probably two days. It took us three days to get <laughs> through British Columbia wow. before we even crossed back into uh, to Alaska, which is you know, basically as big as the United States. That's uh, that's long enough to start saying eh all the time. Eh? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. As many times I had to stop for gas, it, it almost caught on. <laughs> so anyway, Dan uh, has definitely done overlanding, uh, and, and worse yet, it was uh, with wife and children. And I think there was a dog involved, too, in that, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, the dog. He's even still here. No, he didn't get uh, He didn't get eaten? Or... You didn't have to throw him at a bear. That's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So anyway, uh, I know you had to pack a lot of things, and uh, I think you had the you were able to move some things, uh, have it actually shipped. I had a, 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 a eighteen wheeler or something to pick up some stuff. But I know you were since you were doing the overlanding thing, you needed to pack some items with you. Uh, it, <laughs> anytime I ever I ever pack for anything, uh, something like uh, camping, for example, I I pack way too much stuff. So I'm just kind of curious, since you've actually lived through this, what were uh, what were the items that you uh, uh, that you packed that you needed, and the ones that you didn't? Oh, and also too, then throw another one in there for you. What did you wish you had had with you? Oh well, so the trailer that I built is fairly large because I did know that it was going to be used more than just for camping. Um, it, it was actually used for the move, like you mentioned. Um, so one of the things that I think we needed or didn't need for this trip really was um, a lot of the clothes. We didn't need nearly as many pairs of clothes as we thought we would um, because, you know, there's lots of places that, you know, you stop in at a laundromat, take a break and uh, wash some clothes there. And so that was something that really didn't need as much of, uh, which kind of surprised me. Uh, but when you're talking five people, uh, that really adds up to a lot of clothes and a lot of laundry, and so you don't let that build up too much. Um, now, as far as the things that we did need, like there was, I thought I would have more time to go fishing, um, but since we were moving, there was a, a destination at the end. It's not just the journey, so we didn't get to do as much of that as I had hoped. Uh, so my fishing poles just kind of rattled around in the back, uh, which was pretty unfortunate. Um, but when you're planning out your trip, you can kind of figure out what those things are that you need. 
Um, I, I was good on, I had enough water for cooking, cleaning, showering, and all that uh, because you're a, I was able to plan the logistics of when do we need to refill that stuff and refill on gas and food. And, you know, if you're into planning, then this is the kind of thing that you, you'll really kind of geek out on. Uh, but there was nothing, it was nothing that I wished that I had had. I, I had pretty much everything that, that I needed. And I would assume that you uh, purchased food along the way. You didn't try to buy enough food for the for the entire trip, which which was about thirty days. Is that correct? Yeah, it was a little more than thirty days. So, with the the refrigerator that I have, and we, you know, we kind of started paying attention. What are we putting in the fridge that we don't need to put in the fridge? Um, so that way, we can actually, you know, we had ice cream in the bottom of the fridge. In the fridge, we had frozen. Uh, beef and things like that. So if we did end up somewhere way off the grid, away from grocery stores, we were still able to, you know, have some frozen food that we could tap into if we needed. But yeah, we we stopped at you know grocery stores whenever we needed to, and then we had the dry goods like a little pantry area mm-hmm. uh, portion of the trailer and kept that pretty well stocked as well. All right. Well, it sounds like uh, it really depends on how long you're going to be. What uh, what other uh, stores and things are available along the way and uh, basically you just have to plan your route if uh, you have an idea of what's available along the, the route and uh, what did you what what formula did you go by as far as the water goes is it a gallon a per, per person per day or what did you go by um so and that really is kind of a complex uh, math problem but um so i have 25 gallons of water in the trailer plus a seven gallon cube um like a reliance water can that i kept with me so you're talking basically about 31 gallons for five people uh so you know i I don't do math in public but that that was plenty (laughs) to do all the cooking and then the cleanup afterwards for at least two hot meals a day and a shower in the evening for everybody excellent Uh, but but that wasn't just like a gravity-fed shower. You know, I've got a three-gallon-per-minute pump that runs through uh, a uh, Camp Chef Triton propane shower. Oh, wow. And so we were actually having hot showers whenever we were away from those kinds of facilities. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, it sounds like it was a, quite an adventure, and I'm sure one your kids won't soon forget. Oh, yeah. And, and for anybody that's really contemplating this, like the, there's been a, so many people have written to me and asked, like, how do I get my girlfriend, wife, kids, whatever into this? Uh, because they know there's, you kind of have to have a high pain tolerance for, mm-hmm. um, for discomfort. But the more you can do to make it uh, comfortable it is going to make it so much easier. Like the being able to pop open a rooftop tent that's got a nice mattress and bedding inside already. That's nice. Uh, having an actual toilet so somebody has a so the ladies have a place to sit instead of trying to like find the perfect tree to lean against while they're squatting. You know, those little kind of creature comforts are really going to make your life happier because you know you're out there with the people that you you love and want to be around instead of just wandering around in the woods by yourself, which you know has its goodness as well. That was a, a really interesting interview with Dan, and uh, I don't know if, if packing will ever be a thing that you'll be able to do right. Josh, you were pointing at yourself about overpacking. I guess you have the, the same problem I have. 
Yeah, I sure do. I was I was a Boy Scout when I was younger. You know the whole go prepared, be prepared thing. Uh, and and I I'm the same way, man. I totally overpack because it's like I I plan for any and every contingency that could possibly pop up. And it's like, no, I got that. No, I'm good. Let's yeah, over here. Yeah, exactly. Everything- I think as a society, as a whole, we just accumulate way too much stuff. Period. I mean, I think we just have just too much of everything. Well, it's it's never too much when you need it. And I think that's the reason why I overpack is I think about, well. Uh, not when you look in your closet, like I'm doing this Project 100. I have 100 hangers of clothes in my closet. Who needs 100 Good clothes? Lord. I know. That's just in my closet. Anyway. Yeah, but I'm out of, changing out of, the subject here. Out of that, you probably don't wear that many of them, right? Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. But no, I'm the same way with packing clothes. Yeah. It's like I went to Moab and I had a suitcase full of clothes and I wore like three things. <laughs> too busy looking, too busy gawking to be changing clothes. Yeah, yeah. You probably wore, would have worn more if you had gone on that uh, river rafting thing. You probably would have had to. Maybe. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Oh, you most certainly are. And the Jeep Talk Show is just one of the many proud members of the 4x4 Radio Network. Just visit 4x4radionetwork.com. That's 4x4radionetwork.com, all one word, and learn more about the 4x4 podcast, the Center Steer podcast, and of course, the Trail Chasers podcast. Shut up and listen. So shut up. You don't shut up. Shut up, Shane. Hey, shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G-Mama. Hey, so if you didn't already know, um, I had a little vacation um, about a week or so back, and I went to Moab, and I cannot wait to go back. It's, I mean, I have Moab on the brain, off-roading on the brain. Anyway, just yesterday, I posted my other another video of a trail ride on fins and things. It's another um, trail out there near Hell's Revenge. It's similar to Hell's Revenge, but not as scary. But anyway, that's on my YouTube channel. It's also my blog. But what I wanted um, to share with you guys is anyone planning a trip to Moab, um, this is something that you should all get. And it is, I don't know if you can see it, Tony, the guide to Moab Utah Back Road and Four-Wheel Drive Trails. And there are 80 trails in this book. And they rank them from green is easy, blue is moderate, and red is difficult. And that's kind of what all um, off-road parks, that's kind of how they rank their trails. And this is a very interesting book. It gives you a little map, and it gives you a mile-by-mile um, counter of what is on the trail and there's pictures and um, anyway it's just a really good book if you're planning a trip to Moab and I just wanted to share that with everyone and you can get this on Amazon that's um, one of the places where you can buy it so if you go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon um, and you can find this book again it's the Moab guide to Moab Utah back roads and four-wheel drive trails Another resource I wanted to share with everyone if you are planning a trip out west um, is the Red Red Rock Four-Wheelers. Say that fast three times. Um, They have a website. It's www.rr4w.com. 
Um, and they have some trail. You click on trails, and they have some more information too um, about each trail and what you're going to find and the rating. They're rating. They're rating them from um, a difficulty level from one to ten, and ten would be something like the Rubicon Trail. Um, anyway, there's some good information there, and I just wanted to share that with everyone since I have Moab on the brain. So, and another thing I wanted to share with you while I was out there, um, when I drive my Rubicon and I'm like switching to four-wheel low, I'm like always hearing this grinding sound, and it's like really hard for me to get into four-wheel low, and I've put it out there on forums and on my blog, you know, how do you do it, and everyone's like, you, you kind of have to be driving, or, or when you put it into neutral, you still kind of have to be moving when you shift into four-wheel low. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't work for me. It's still, you can hear those, the gears not, you know, syncing up. Anyway, my guide, while I was in the Shrek, that's the name of the Jeep I was in, I just found out yesterday, as a matter of fact, um, from Outlaw Jeep Tours, my guide, KL, showed me a way that I'm so excited to try it on my Jeep. So what you do is while you're in drive, you shift it to four high then shift it to neutral, your regular shifter, and then shift the transfer case shifter to four low. And it worked every time in that big green beast when I was in Moab. So this weekend, when I go to Crawlin' for Cops at Roush Creek on Saturday, I'm going to test this out and see if it will work in my Jeep because no one ever actually told me that's the way you're supposed to be um, shifting into four-wheel low. Anyway, anything you'd like to add, I would love to hear from you. You can join the conversation by going to jeeptalkform.com. You can call into our voicemail line or you can email me at info at jeeptalkshow.com. I look forward to hearing from you all. Jeeps are an adventure, Tammy. Not only will they take you on an adventure, but they're they're an adventure to uh, to learn how to use because uh, you know um, many of us didn't grow up. Uh, many of us aren't Steve four point three LXJ and grow right. up with one. <laughs> yeah, he was breastfeeding and learning how to go into four wheel low long before we were around. Right. So even before I even thought of it. <laughs> Steve's in our chat room tonight, so I'm kind of giving him a hard time. Well, it's interesting. But yeah. Um. No one's ever really told me to do it that way, so we'll see if it works. And I know a lot let of me, people let me, in the room. I'm going to put you on the spot, Tammy, so I'm, I'm going to huh? apologize here in advance a little bit, but I thought that you had a book that the, that you were reading or going through that was talking about all the things that you need to know as a Jeeper and how to use your Jeep off-road. Yes, I that the manual, <laughs> the little Jeep oh, manual. I can hear the smile from here like, yeah. oh, I think I did read that. Uh, yeah. No, I did, but it doesn't it, it doesn't describe it like that i'll be darned i'll be darned i was gonna go the same direction i'm gonna uh, you know i'm gonna i'll go back and look at it but it never i'm gonna laugh if you actually I highlighted know. that sentence i know, you know Ooh, yeah, like, oh jeez, <laughs> i forgot this, this no you... but even i even remember everyone saying you just need to put it in neutral yeah and let it move a little and you know let the gears sync up and so i don't know yeah, no, I'm gonna have to go. I, I was in the hey, same boat, I'm Josh. I'm going to put my headphones was... down and go get my manual. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, was, 
I was on the same boat the with you. Uh, go put it in a four low real quick. Same, yeah. same boat with you, Josh. I was thinking the same thing, but I was trying to be not Tony and ask her about reading the manual. Oh, so, okay. so I appreciate I, you I, jumping I channeled, in there. I channeled my inner Tony. Yeah. <laughs> well, I knew she had that big fancy manual that uh, that she was talking about, and I, I just it's hard to believe that they didn't actually have something like that in there, but. Because uh, you know everybody goes through the same thing. I, I haven't had mine. Now, when you say uh, four wheel low, you're talking about the lowest gearing, the crawling ratio, the the high. Uh, right. I have high crawl my ratio. transfer case. My cran- transfer case shifter knob is four H and and four L. Right. That's it. Okay. So I just want to make sure I was because uh, I very seldom have ever put it in that. Even when I went off road, I I <laughs> the guys kind of would get after me and go, you know, Tony, do you have it in full time four wheel drive? put it in part-time <laughs> it's like yes. it, i wasn't having a hard i i didn't have a hard time you know and i had stretched change before so why would even off-road why would i want to take the risk of stretching another chain so uh, i just kept it here in full i time. found sorry i got I, I can't interrupt i found it <laughs> i had a blog post on it as a matter of fact it doesn't oh, say wow. anything about putting it in um so being in drive and then putting it in four high. So then just, putting it in just to make sure I'm clear and the audience is clear, you're referencing something you wrote as evidence that it's not in the manual. <laughs> you're right. not referring to the manual itself. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, I italicize. You see the, the problem with this? <laughs> so yeah, so see, yeah. podcasters listening to it couldn't see I that. Know, Tammy no just one, stuck, stuck her, like, her tongue out so at funny? me. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, look at look in the manual. Double check the manual again, because uh, I'm curious. I would think that Jeep would almost absolutely have to put that in there. RTFM. Yes. <laughs> well, hey, the team of crackhead scientists, <clears throat> I mean, uh, the crack team of head scientists at the Jeep Talk Show have found a way to bring you guys the cheapest Jeep Talk Show t-shirts possible. That's right, folks. Just in time for spring and summer. We're printing them on tissue paper. Yeah, I'm kidding. In all seriousness, you guys have undoubtedly heard about Teespring. Now, Teespring takes the orders. They do all the work, essentially. And when it hits the magic number, they'll print them out for us and ship them straight to you. So now you have peace of mind that Tony won't know where you live. The magic number is 50, folks. So if you want to show your JTS support or just want to help the show get the word out, well, go right now to teespring.com slash JTS cheap T. That's JTS, like Jeep Talk Show, cheap as in, well, we're all cheap, and <laughs> the letter T, JTS cheap T, and, a pl- and just place your order. Prices start at about 13 bucks for small, medium, and large, and 15 bucks for larger sizes. Multiple colors are available, and they all display the Jeep Talk Show logo both front and back. Oh, yes, and red is one of the colors. I thought we vetoed that, God damn it. <laughs> Well, we have the link in the show notes for you. We'll post it up for you guys in case you didn't get that, uh, in case you ran that intersection or that red light looking for a pen. Yeah, we got you. So just showing that to our uh, YouTube audience, if you're uh, listening to the show, you can always go to youtube.com slash Jeep Talk Show and uh, jump around the uh, the video and uh, see what we show uh, during the episode. So uh, yeah, we got several colors there. I just uh, think we've got black, red, purple, orange, uh, a a kind of a a dark green and a... uh, a slate or a gray, a dark gray, not a light gray. Oh, I'm going to get me a gray one. Yeah, that's uh, everybody seemed to like the black. You know, when we were talking about uh, getting t-shirts over on the XJTalk.com It's slimming, site. and everybody knows Jeepers are fat. 
<laughs> hey, hey, hey. I'm kidding. I'm yeah. kidding. I forgot we got a mixed audience here. Yeah, that's yes. true. So, uh, but, but it's so damn hot. You know, I, I would just think people that are out in the sun would not want to wear black. It just, I learned that the hard I way. I love black. Yeah, well, no, black looks good and unless you like me and you scratch your head too much. Uh, but anyway, it's uh, definitely there. You uh, can have the official uh, Jeep Talk Show logo uh, plastered all over your shirt, and you even have to I pay like for it. it. <laughs> I like it. Well, Josh is wearing his uh, Jeep I Talk am, Show shirt. I am. I've got, got, got my Jeep Talk Show shirt right here. I'll stand up without the microphone here. You guys can maybe see it. Oh, yeah, and I'm bringing yeah, down yeah. the studio. Oh, God, the walls are falling. It's just this stuck. It's everywhere. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so that is not the uh, the same one, the same T-shirt that we're uh, the Teespring is putting out for us, but uh, uh, same logo. That's close. Yeah, same, same logo, logo. Uh-huh. gives you gives you a good example of uh, what to look for there. All right, so it's uh, you know it's really easy to give us a review. Good lord, why would we want to make it difficult? <laughs> so if you would uh, like to give us a review and let us know what kind of job we're doing here on the Jeep Talk Show, you can go to Facebook, uh, Twitter, and uh, gosh, uh, even iTunes. And uh, well, if uh, if you oh oh and uh, YouTube, we've even had some reviews on YouTube. It's not not technically in a review area. People just put comments on the video, but we. We can uh, definitely tell their their reviews, and we'll stick them right here in the show. All those four-letter words, I was just tickled pink. So if you want to do a, a review, oh, you can even email email us uh, your review at info at jeeptalkshow.com. Hey, we got one uh, from our iTunes here recently. Uh, this is, uh, oh, my God. Uh, oh, boy. Okay, Arc, Arc, Troop. Arc Troop Wong. There we go. There you go. <laughs> Didn't know if I was going to be able to make it through that one or not. <laughs> it says, freaking good show. I love the show, guys. It's been very entertaining to listen to. Oh, listen to you guys and appreciate all the tips and knowledge that you guys present. You guys have great humor and fun segments. I listen to the old episodes while I'm working and end up going through six or eight episodes a day. Good I'm still God. on 2014 show, so I'm looking forward to making my way to the present. Thanks so much. And thank you, uh, Troop Wong. That is a, that's a lot of Jeep talk show in a day. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, um, we have much. another little comment from Google Plus. Best talk show on the planet, Ron D. I can't say thank that I can Ron. argue with uh, with Ron. Oh, and you know what? That uh, that deserves one of these. That's what he knows what he's talking about right there. <laughs> it's hard not to agree with him, is it? Really? <laughs> you got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? Have answers. Oh, that's good because I can. I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Well, spring is here, and with that comes all the winter melt off, and with that comes, well, you guessed it, mud and water. Lots of it, especially after the winter we've had. So now some of us Jeepers like that sort of stuff, and honestly, it can be quite fun. But the problem with mud and water is that it, of course, inevitably finds its way into places that you wish it wouldn't, much like Tony's hands in the cookie jar. To keep the mud and water away from things like electrical connections, we either put expensive waterproof connectors on everything, seal everything in 18 miles of electrical tape, or we turn to specific products specifically engineered for this task. I bring you OxGuard. OxGuard is one such product. Made by GB Electrical Incorporated, it is one of the best-kept secrets in the electrical industry, and here is why. It has indispensable applications in the automotive world. It is an antioxidation compound, a conductive grease-like substance that electricians use on electrical connections, as well as conduit connections and other places where copper and or aluminum join. 
that are exposed to the elements and need lasting protection. It can be used throughout the electrical system in vehicles, especially under the hood. I use it on all my underhood crimp-on connectors by applying it to the wire itself before I attach the connector and crimp it on. Then I put on the connector as well before I slip, put some on the connector as well before I slip it into place. Now this ensures a good, long-lasting, and trouble-free connection. Now there is some confusion here between OxGuard and the more commonly used dye electric grease products. So let me clear this up once and for all. Basically, OxGuard conducts electricity. Dielectric grease does not. Dielectric, translated into layman's terms, essentially means insulation. It provides excellent protection against moisture, but since it doesn't conduct electricity, it cannot improve the connection itself. When you use dielectric grease, it is forced out of the point of contact in the connection and thus does not interfere with the flow of electrons or the connection itself. But it fills in all the air gaps and keeps air and the elements like moisture and rain and gunk and grime all out of that connector or that connection. This is great for new connections, new connectors, but it does not promote conductivity for the connection itself and so will also not help with an older connection that has developed even the slightest amount of corrosion or oxidation, which, by the way, Jeepers, to an untrained eye, can go unnoticed quite easily. OxGuard is impregnated with fine, abrasive metallic particles that bite into both surfaces, improving the connection between the contacts and promoting current flow that would, well, normally fill into small voids between the two surfaces effectively. And, uh, well, effectively, this stuff increases the total surface area of the contacts, reducing resistance and allowing more current flow through the connection. Now, this reduced resistance translates directly into cooler, more efficient, and reliable connections, especially in high-current applications like your battery posts, alternator terminals, high-output headlight, driving light wiring, high-watt stereos, winches, etc. I think you guys can see rather quickly how the uses for this adds up. Now, all of this means brighter lights, louder stereo, even longer winching times because you're not wasting any power through a poor connection or, connector, a poor connector or connection point. The only advantage of dielectric grease over OxGuard is the fact that it doesn't, it doesn't conduct, conduct electricity. So you can slather it on without worrying of shorting out adjacent connectors or conductors, like found in multi-pin connectors. This is why you need to be careful with OxGuard. You can't use it like you would uh, dielectric grease and just slather it over everything. You, only gotta, you have to use it very sparingly, being careful not to get it on anything else but the connection itself. Think of it like a solder grease and don't short anything out with it. If you're applying it to, to small pins and sockets of a connector, don't use, do the dielectric grease thing and just smear a big you know, wad of it in there. Use the large end of a flat toothpick and carefully apply it to the connector surfaces and just wipe away any excess when you're done and you'll be fine. Also, when applied to older connectors, its abrasive properties will actually help sand away the corrosion. You can't get out by cleaning and filing and sandpaper and Scotch-Brite and all that other stuff. Now, if you work the connector back and forth on and off repeatedly, well, you'll get the, that sort of sanding action, and you'll actually be able to improve on an otherwise poor connection. Now, if you're wondering how to get this in your bag of Jeep goodies, OxGuard is available at just about any hardware store, hiding in the electrical supply select, select section. Usually around the, uh, the wire strippers and other house wiring tools, you'll, this is where you'll find it. It comes in a cream-colored tube, and trust me, all you'll need is the one-out size. That'll last the average do-it-yourself mechanic, like myself, a lifetime. You can use it on all your connectors, on all your cars, and give what's left over to your grandchildren when you don't drive anymore. And they can pass it on to their kids, who can pass it on to their kids, who can pass it on to their kids. Can pass, this stuff lasts forever! No, seriously, just don't confuse this tube of uh, this stuff with the tube of toothpaste or that special cream you keep in the <laughs> nightstand drawer. Oh, geez. 
Hey, Jeepers, let me know if you guys have a tech question you would like answered here on the Jeep Talk Show. Go to jeeptalkforum.com, even on your smartphone, or shoot me an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com with the subject line, Tech Talk. Yeah, I think I need more explanation on the, the, the term dielectric. That, you know, I, I know what dielectric grease is. I know what you're supposed to do with it. I don't think I, don't think I knew that you're not supposed to use the whole tube. On every connection that you, <laughs> no. oh, I mean, it, it is it is okay to use that stuff liberally. Dielectric grease. I mean, you almost can't use too much of this stuff. Oh, so, good. Uh, it, it's it, it is good stuff, and and it does have a place in the toolbox. Um, this stuff kind of takes dielectric grease to the next level. Uh, think of dielectric grease like painting with a very wide tooth, uh, you know, wide brush, and mm-hmm. and the Oxgard stuff. That's more like surgical. Oh, interesting. I have to check out Oxguard. I've never heard of Oxguard before. Now, uh, the thing that I really hate about the dielectric grease when you use too much of it, uh, scotch tape will absolutely not stick to the, the no. connections. <laughs> and or anything that dielectric grease has touched. And the black tape, uh, same thing. You know, I'm messing with Josh. He hates it when I talk about using scotch tape. <laughs> you know, I did see uh, some 120-volt uh, electrical cord used in, an, in a Jeep uh to run connections one time uh yeah no i've seen everything actually uh, i was doing a side job not all that long ago um where i was uh, i was working on an older older toyota pickup which had a a system that a previous owner had installed in it and they clearly didn't know what they were doing because the some of the wires that they use i mean there was like one power run i think that had no less than six splices in it oh and oh yeah no we were using masking tape and and some of it was just sort of tucked under the carpet and Oh yeah, no. This was just this was just a prize of backyard installer workmanship here, and I, I think I took a picture. I might have it somewhere still uh, of the pile of excess wire that I pulled out of this vehicle that was ran to nowhere and hooked up to nothing and just kind of tucked in corners and underneath seats and door jams and yeah, it was great. That's interesting. <laughs> oh, I've I've seen it all, folks. I've seen it all. Oh gee, that's just kind of scary. Uh, I just can't imagine running around with the. Uh, you know, pounds of extra wiring that aren't, aren't doing anything except making you show up on radar detectors better. (laughs) (laughs) Are you tired of all that noise from those other shows? I think you have to keep that rig at the moment. Now you can relax to the pleasing tones of the Jeep talk show every week. Unless you've got Dana 60s and 40s. Get the highest audio quality possible with each download. You know, you can use them with them, with them super swampers. And if you're tired of all that other stuff. Uh, and a thing with the big old tires and a liar. Then subscribe to the highest quality podcast on the web. The Jeep Talk Show. Available on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher Radio, and more. You guys are getting to give me a beer. <laughs> hey, folks. Um, we really, really love all of you guys out there. And we really, really, really love hearing from you. So there are so many ways you can do that. And you can do that by leaving us a voicemail. Um, you can go over to our website and click on the, the leave voicemail button. Or you can call our voicemail line. It's 24 hours, seven days a week. It's 530-675-4102. Um, and just leave us a message, any kind of message. You can tell us about a Jeep event you're having, a Jeep journey you went on, or you can tell us what your favorite color Jeep is, and we all know that's black. So anyway, give us a call on our voicemail line, and we'll play your voicemails on the air. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> all right, well, let's see what Nikki G has for us tonight. I think he's going to be serious. From the mind of Nikki. G. 
Hey, this is Nikki G, and uh, I want to take a minute to get serious and uh, talk about lube. Oh, God. Uh, my Jeep is starting to squeak and creak a lot. And uh, so I decided to uh, head on underneath there and uh, see what I can do. So I've got uh, two questions. First question is, is there any way to load a grease gun without making a mother-loving mess? I ha- can't figure it out. I get a whole tube of grease. By the time I get it in the gun, it's only enough grease in there to uh, do one fitting. Maybe it's me. Who knows? And uh, second question is, uh, which grease do you prefer? The grease, the Broadway musical, or <laughs> grease the movie with uh, John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John? I'm leaning towards the latter because a 20-year-old with Olivia Newton-John in spandex. Ugh. All right, boys and girls, uh, I'll chat at you later, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. So Nikki G has a, a larger range than what I thought. I've only ever seen the movie. I've never actually been to a Broadway play. <laughs> yeah. They also I had the live show too. Musicals. I do not like musicals. I'm not at a, all. I'm not a big musical fan, but uh, Gene Kelly singing in the rain was was pretty fun. Grease is all my right, favorite I might movie. Give you that. Well, yeah. besides Pirates of the Caribbean and Lord of the Rings. But Grease was a really fun movie to watch when you're a teenage girl. They made mu- music, uh, a musical out of Lord of the Rings? Oh, no, I'm just I'm not talking oh, about Oh, you're talking about movies in general. Just okay. in general. That yeah, would be in an general. interesting concept. You'll, uh, you'll probably yeah. see that Lord on of the Broadway. Rings. <laughs> the works dancing on stage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. Uh, yeah, yep, yep. Oh, and the trees. The trees swaying in the, yeah. uh, to a musical would be and, good, too. And the elves. And uh, we just need a bunch of money, Tammy. We could uh, be on Broadway with, not personally, but we could fund uh, a bunch of uh, people right. that could be on Broadway. Lord of the Rings, the musical. <laughs> I was going to say, you don't want to see Jeep Talk Show on ice. I mean, that's just not yeah. going to be very good. <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking, Jeep Talk Show, uh, the musical, you know, where uh, the Three people sit there and talk, but they sing while they talk. Yeah, but, you know, me and a cod piece and spandex on stage really is not going to do anything for our listenership. I, I'm telling you right this right now. Nobody would the, wants to uh, see that. Would the cod be fried? Because fried cod is wonderful. <laughs> I don't know what a cod piece is. Maybe I don't want to know. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> is that that bumpy thing that keeps, uh, keeps people from knowing what religion you are? Uh, <laughs> I plead the fifth. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move over to uh, must-have stuff for your Jeep. Yeah, this was, uh, well, this is one that, uh, well, let's just say is for those who might have a little bit larger disposable income than some of us. Yeah. Um, this is probably the end-all, be-all GPS system for, for off-roading. And if you're planning on doing overlanding or, or you're just a serious trail rider, weekend warrior out there every weekend, but you have a memory problem and you can't remember where that trail is, this is the device that you need. The problem is it's about 550 to 600 bucks. So um, it's by Magellan. It's called the Explorist TRX-7. Magellan, as you guys know, has been in the GPS game for 30 some odd years, but the TRX-7 is the brand's first foray into hardcore 4x4 navigation. It comes preloaded with maps, over 44,000 off-road trails from national parks and public lands all over the nation, as well as other points of interest. 
In addition, it allows you to record your own trails and data, which Magellan also uses to improve its maps, and see ratings of trails from other explorers who can log information like incline difficulties and the depths of water crossings, stuff like that, stuff that you'd need to know when out on the trail. Needless to say, this provides tons of info that your regular GPS just can't. Hey, folks, another um, must-have for your Jeep. Um, While I was out wheeling in the dry heat and the windy weather of Moab, I found I really, really needed this. And this will fit into your pocketbook, your budget, easily. And it's ChapStick. My lips turned so chapped, they were even getting red on my upper upper lip. Just after a couple of hours out in the elements, um, it was so bad, it was red and sore. But anyway, every Jeeper should carry chapstick skin moisturizer with sunscreen protection. You can get this on Amazon and or any store, I guess. But it's ultra-hydrating lip balm. It protects and softens your lips with 11 moisturizing ingredients. And it has an, they have SPF 15. So anyway, get some chapstick. No. It cannot be found at other stores, only on Amazon, and yeah. only if you go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon first, Tammy. But other I did stores. not have any. Thankfully, Charlene, um, she had extra chapstick. Well, see, she knew, but, she, she's been yeah. there before. She knew what she was yeah. doing. Yeah. She has, a, she has a little website, and it's called I'm Not Just a Girl, and they have clothing, jewelry, accessories, and this little chapstick. <laughs> so uh we need some jeep talk show uh <laughs> we need to get some jeep talk show yes. i was just thinking uh for oral use only um but uh, i didn't know what you know what else you would use it for uh but uh yeah that's good that's good stuff to good good stuff to know you know i was thinking uh how fun it would be when we got the uh, the wrangler the tj and be able to take the top off and then i remembered uh shortly after driving around for a little bit that i burned in 15 minutes so oh yeah uh, sun, oh, even the, sunscreen. Just this part of my arm was sunburned. Yeah, sunscreen, uh, chap lips, uh, chapstick for chap lips, uh, nice big hat, uh, uh, all those things you need to, to consider if you burn easy. So, yep. Hey, folks, and don't forget we have a little survey. We love everybody who's listening to fill it out. So go over to jeeptalkshow.com/survey. And it just takes you like 30 seconds. So please go over and take our survey. Save yourself some time. Get your social security card, your uh, ATM pin number, all that stuff ready when you go to sit down to fill it out. Mother's maiden name. If I only had that wah, wah button. (laughs) It just puts people at ease, you know, that they're going to go and fill out a survey and it's not going to be too invasive. Camp Fireside Chat. Josh is totally useless in this segment because he has yeah, nothing I, to report. I, I am in some regard, <laughs> at least when I'm talking about my own Jeep. Uh, I, a lot of you guys out there, you've got you know double incomes, or you're you know you have disposable <laughs> oh, yeah, income, uh-huh. or you know you've got you've got uh, you know a, a whole you know wallet full of credit cards where you can throw at the Jeep. I have no such luxuries, so my Jeep is still sitting um, unfunded in the state that it has been for for uh, several weeks now. Uh, and it's you looking just like need it's to going sell to be... Legos, Josh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Lego, um, Lego crime start... spree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm. It's to the point where I, I have considered selling other things to fund the uh, to fund the Jeep product uh, project, but it's it's things that I, I really don't want to let go, and and things that have sentimental value, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's it's one of these things to where 
you know, it's yeah, I might have to take a, a two or three year hiatus from jeeping so I can afford to jeep again. It's one of those things where it's it's yeah, you get you get this far into a project, you get this you know deep into something, and all of a sudden all of your funds get completely wiped out. Uh, well, you're back to square one. So, that's so, so it reminds me of the uh, of the movie Dumb and Dumber. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> so it's yeah. only going to be two or three years, and you'll be back in the saddle again. Yeah, I know that's uh, that's very frustrating. Um, so there was something I was going to suggest to you. Oh, uh, you know, in I think it was in junior high they actually came up with this idea that they were going to teach us how to make a budget. And I remember in my budget, uh, I budgeted for food. Um, the chicken pot pies, I think it was Swanson. The chicken pot pies were 25 cents at the time. And I budgeted my food allowance being Swanson chicken pot pies for the entire month. So it was like 75 cents a day. Wow. Yeah. I might, I might have to, uh, to resort to such drastic measures as, as, uh, as something like that. Well, I'm thinking ramen noodles. I was know? just thinking that go get the bulk box from Sam's club. I'm or thinking something. you both can go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> See, the truth comes out when it comes to food. Uh, you guys, or you guys know I'm a foodie. I, I know. It's one of those things to where it's oh, like, seriously, no, yeah, a large portion no of my budget a large portion of my budget does go to my to my food expenses because I do like to eat. Uh, so it, it, it's 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 one of those things where it's funny, not funny, because yeah, yeah it, 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 it is too, where I could. It's too I close could. to home. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, there's some truth to it. Sometimes uh, your friends have to come together in, in kind of an intervention and just you know bring out the obvious thing to you. It's not like you're overweight, so you're not eating no, that much anyway. No, it's not like I'm eating filet mignon every night either. So it's you know, it's I, I eat well, I eat healthy, and and I, I, it's not like I'm shopping at Whole Foods every every oh, you know, week either. Lord. So it's it's yeah, I mean that's special occasion type of stuff. But, but I, you're I, saying I eat you well. do I shop don't there. Eat fast food. I cook all the time. <laughs> you know, it's, well, you're it's saving a lot of, of money right there just cooking all the time because the. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah, imagine eat. if I did eat out all the time, yeah, I'd be it, even more broke. Yeah, well, that's 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 good to know. Well. Uh, yeah, I wish there was a way, uh, maybe we, we, uh, we need to do a GoFundMe page or something for, you know, getting Josh's Jeep going. One of these days, guys, one of these days, I'm just going to show up. I'll, I'll show up at, at a park here. One of these days, I'll be doing the show live. No, I'm sorry, guys. I can't do the show this week. I'm in the Rubicon. Get, uh, some really thick black glasses, uh, a can, uh, a soup can around your neck. And uh, put on on the front of it, Jeep Funds. Alms for the poor. (laughs) Jeep. No, (laughs) be honest, but Jeep Fund. You know, you could probably literally buy a whole new Jeep if you went out to the corner and just got one of those signs and saying, I just quit my job. No, no, no. Full time habit of panhandling. I'm sure I could. uh, Yeah. yeah. Get you a sign. I'm not going to lie. I need money for Jeep parts. (laughs) And go out there and see how much money you would collect. I bet you Jeepers alone would do, you know, fives and tens and there you go buddy we know your pain <laughs> and and there would be three of them that would join join you on the corner saying that you know this is a great idea <laughs> actually i'm slightly distracted there was a a spider that came uh came uh, down from my ceiling oh. in front of one of my studio monitors and i'm like, oh. uh, where did you just go got chills. <laughs> well i'm not gonna mention Ugh. what i saw behind you tammy uh all right so what do you so what do you <laughs> so what do you got going on over there tammy <laughs> Um, uh, well, like I said earlier, um, Saturday morning, I'm going to get up really early and head to Roush Creek and do some green and blue trails on the crawling for cops. 
And I'm after that, I will be sitting outside of my mailbox because I just couldn't resist Tuesday night when we were um, doing the Jeep Talk call-in show with um, More Ride, M-O-R-R-Y-D-E. Um, they had some pretty cool stuff, and one of them was the Jeep storage. Um, it's in the it, You put it in the back of the Wrangler. Um, it mounts on the roll bar or something back there on yeah, the floor, right? right underneath the roll bar, kind of um, right there at the side, and it's like a little little stand where you can put like an ammo case mm-hmm. shell um, it's a shelf and then on the bottom of it it's like a grid for um, molly bags so oh, very like, good oh like it's really perfect. snazzy yeah so they, they fabricate and I, I'm pretty sure they their engineers designed this and they fabricated this themselves and I'm kind of excited to see how it will work because I've gone through many different um, kinds of Jeep storage uh, cases and bags and I just so far um, I do like my tailgate Molly bag or my Molly panel mm-hmm. um, but stuff inside the Jeep I haven't really found anything that I really really like because you also want something that's secure right oh definitely when you're out there on the trails you don't want that stuff oh, these guys around. have some cool stuff yeah they really do I yeah. was surprised <laughs> sorry I'm pulling a Tammy here and I'm shopping so, so the they're, podcast. they're primarily just window, shop, just window shopping here over at moreride.com and, and looking in their Jeep section right now and they've got some really unique products guys now you'll be fooled yeah. when you first go over there because you won't see the Jeep stuff because they primarily do uh, RV stuff they've RV. been yeah. RV stuff for many many years so uh, the, the, I'm sure the more ride, it, you know, kind of gives you an idea with the airbags and that type of thing for the ride system mm-hmm. on RVs. But if you go over there to their Jeep section, they have some good Jeep love going on that that's uh, on, uh, at more ride. If you go over there to their Jeep section and look, uh, pretty much anything Wrangler they have stuff for and some some really neat stuff. They even have an antenna mount, a CB antenna mount that they're selling. That's you know that's nothing. It's just a little bracket, but it, it's just it's very simple. And it's uh, they're thinking about what little things they can do to make it uh, easier for you to do the things that you want to do in your Jeep. And I was just really, really impressed with it. But you have to dig a little bit. And that's one of the reasons why we wanted to do that interview with Ryan was to uh, bring out all that uh, more ride Jeep goodness to you folks. Oh, wow. They even have heavy-duty TJ tailgate hinges and stuff. Well, uh, these guys yeah. really do yeah. have some cool products. Yeah, they really Very well-engineered-looking yeah. stuff as well, guys. So, yeah, be, be sure to check them out. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I thought it was funny when Ryan, uh, with like a straight face, I have to assume, was saying, yeah, I've got a TJ, and I, I, I offer to uh, test out some of the stuff. Yeah. Well, of course you uh, do. <laughs> as well you should. I volunteered, too. I'm like, hey, I have a Wrangler. I'll, I'll volunteer to test out your stuff. I noticed they don't have any XJ me. stuff. Oh, they do not. I and uh, I even mentioned that in episode 40 uh, about, uh, you know, if you, <laughs> sure if, you can, you if you can do a YJ, you can certainly do an XJ. Well, anyway, let me nudge, uh, nudge, wink, wink. yeah, let me touch on this really quick. So, uh, as you guys know, I was unable to go to a off-road event this uh, this past Memorial Day weekend because I suspect my MP242 uh, transfer case chain has stretched again. Now, uh, I uh, I did mention that I was probably going to try to buy a spare because I'm sick of this crap. Uh, this is like the second wheeling adventure I was unable unable to go on because I throw it in uh, four wheel drive. And you hear the pop of the chain, and it's just turn around and go right back home. Um, so uh, I did have somebody offer me two, two, mind you, free NP242 transfer cases. And wow. After, and after I calculated shipping, 
it, just for one of them, it would be $145 to have it shipped to USPS. So unfortunately, that wasn't going to happen. But I want to I want to thank uh, the uh, the gentleman that offered that very very much, in which I did. Uh, uh, I think they actually uh, contacted me on uh, on Instagram. So um, if you guys, uh, I, I know some of you guys out there have had to replace uh, chains, uh, and hopefully, uh, I'd like to get some information on the NP two forty two because I've done some some looking online and I really can't find anything about this. Have you ever replaced a chain? in the NP242 transfer case and gone many years and many off-roading adventures and lots of use out of it and not had to replace it again. I, I think I get about uh, two or three years out of mine. And mind you, this last time that I changed it, I probably have not been in four-wheel drive mode longer than 15 minutes. Literally, actual uh, uh, four-wheel drive time on this chain. And it's driving me insane. It's not like I'm stupid. It's not like I, I'm not mechanically able to change something. So I don't understand why this is happening. Now, I still haven't drained the case to see how much fluid's in it. It could be a very simple uh, explanation, but I don't see a lot of, uh, I don't see a lot of uh, fluid underneath the, the Jeep, especially around the transfer case area. So if you got any MP242 uh, transfer case information about uh, rebuilding it or maybe bearings that have to be replaced, otherwise the chain will stretch again, as far as I know, the only thing to make a, a, a chain stretch is too much pressure, like driving around on uh, dry surfaces in uh, part-time four-wheel drive, or uh, the uh, the fluid not being there to keep everything nice and cool, and it gets hot and the chain stretches. Um, but uh, I replace the pump every time I cha- replace the chain, so I don't know. All right, well, that's my uh, my bitch fest. This will be, uh, I wonder if this is going to be 10 years of uh, chain stretching uh, as it was with the overheating. <laughs> Oh, God, help us. Yes. There's face palms everywhere now. I know. I'll get another transfer case. I'll have it professionally rebuilt if I have to. I'm I'm tired of this. I want to be able to, I don't want to go through the work of getting it ready to go and then not be able to go. Tony, uh, I don't want to put you in a position here that you don't want to be, but can you tell us the sources where you were getting your chains before? Um, I usually, I don't like the idea of buying $75 chains. So uh, I generally go with, uh, with name brands that seem like they would be good name brands. A TRW comes to mind. Uh, and I don't know how great they are. I think they make good pistons and and things. So, uh, but I always try to spend around a little over a hundred dollars for a chain. So I wind up spending 120 bucks or something. Now somebody did recommend that I buy a, uh, an actual to, to goodness, um, uh, Mopar chain, and yeah. I, I think I saw prices of uh, just under three hundred and just over four hundred. Good lord, for the chain alone! And I don't mind, you know, saving up and buying that chain. But my wow. huge fear is I get that, and it lasts no longer yeah. than a, than a hundred and twenty dollar chain. I have to understand yeah. why the chain is failing. I have to understand that. I don't mind spending the money. Because it's a one-time, it's like buying a nice mattress. You're going to have it for, you know, 16 years. Let's be, let's be honest about it. It's not going to be every eight. So you're going to have I, it a I long might, time. I, I wonder if it comes down to the actual metal itself, Tony. And I, I'm, I'm going to give you a, a, a little bit of a scenario here that, that might help open up your eyes to what might be happening here. I, 
I uh, I got a cheap set of of um, uh, a C clip pliers, uh, spring clip pliers, mm-hmm. and um, they worked well enough for about the first two or three clips. But then I noticed that you know things weren't starting, the clips weren't opening up as much as they used to. It was harder and harder for me to get the the clips off. And then I was starting to have to get a, a screwdriver in there as well. And and what I noticed after after a few minutes was that the actual tines were starting to bend. The metal of the tool itself was bending. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like I'm, you know, the Hulk here and I'm oh the Hulk smash these rings come off now. You know, it wasn't <laughs> like I was, you know, put a hydraulic press on these things or anything like that. It was just, you know, average hand strength. Right. And uh, but it was enough to bend the metal because it wasn't it wasn't that good tool steel. It wasn't it wasn't machines. I mean, it wasn't the stuff that tools are generally made out of. I'm wondering if where you were ordering the chains from just uses substandard products. And so after a while, that metal just it it's not the resilience that other manufacturers use. And it kind of softens up after a time and you get a little stretch. I'm I'm yeah. just I'm kind of starting starting to, you know, just kind of projecting here, taking something out of my toolbox and applying it to your transfer case. Well, you've never cha- uh, changed a chain, a stretch chain in your transfer case, correct? I have. I The the one I um, swapped out of my original transfer case is one that I bought off of Novak. Or no, yeah, Novak. And they, they, they are a great resource for, for all things transfer case, whether you're looking for information or rebuild kits or... You know, you want to get rid of that uh, the real chunky Z gate in your in your XJ or your TJ uh, uh, transfer case shift mechanism. They've got a cable shift that makes it where you could actually shift between transfer case gears with your pinky. It's I'm so, not joking. It's awesome. Oh, that's but, great. So so you bought a uh, a two thirty one uh, chain from them. It was two forty two, but yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot you do have a two forty two. So how long have you had it in there? And how much have you used it? 2017, uh, so I'm going to say five plus years. Oh, I'd love to get five years out of a chain. So actually, you may have the information I was looking for as far as where did you buy a chain? How long has it lasted? Now, uh, what I, I, I'm in the midst. I'm going to have to swap out because remember, I'm running on a donor transfer case right now. And the donor transfer case I have in there has a stretched chain. And so my plan is to pull the guts out of my old 242 that I busted open on the rocks a couple years ago and take the guts out of that and put it into this 242 along with maybe a couple of upgrades and stuff as well. I might just do a 231 swap and call it good. Right. Um, do a super 231 or, you know, something like that. But um, but uh, but no. So I'm, I'm going to be curious when I open up my old transfer case and see it's got a few years of wheeling on it, you know, what that chain is going to look like. But you know, well, you can't test it. But the last time you had it in four-wheel drive, it was not popping. Correct. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, now, I like that. You, I, I certainly don't mind. Sh- let me let me ask you something real quick, Tony, before we before we move on. Are you 100% sure it's the chain and not the shift fork pads? Well, it wouldn't pop. Well, it would pop out of gear. Uh, you would, it, you would, I'm you not would. having that problem. Oh, okay. It just goes pop, 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 pop. You know, like it's the change uh, popping over okay. the gears. Okay. So no, it's not jumping out of gear. It's it's you know you give it gas and you hear the mm-hmm. the pop and the vibration and you know all the, all the fun stuff that goes along with uh, the cussing that follows. Oh yeah. All righty. Well, let's get over to some wheeling wear. Yeah, this is where we're going to talk about some events that are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation. Now you heard something that's come up uh, here in the show a couple times so far. 
Crawling for Cops. Now, this is an event that Tammy is going to be at this weekend as we are recording the show. It is happening at Roush Creek Off-Road Park. Uh, for more information, if you'd like to find out what this is all about and how you can get involved, we'll head over to nfgoffroad.com and, uh, well, they'll be able to uh, get you all the information you need. Uh, we also have the Bantam Jeep Fest coming up June 9th through the 11th. Uh, happening in Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania as well. Uh, for more information, head over to bantamjeepfestival.com. Uh, and happening June 17th through the 18th. If you are new to wheeling, let's say you are just getting in your Jeep for the first time and you're hearing us and you'd like to learn more about off-roading and how to use that Jeep, well, you need to go to discoveroffroading.com. They have an event coming up June 17th through the 18th called the Discovery Beginner Four-Wheel Course. And, uh, well, they have their their own, basically their own off-road course set up to where you guys can get trained how to use your vehicle off-road properly and safely. It's uh, happening, uh, like I said, June 17th through the 18th in Rancho Cordova. More information, head to discoveroffroading.com. Hey, are you new to the show? Maybe you're watching us uh, on YouTube. This is your first time with us. Well, we want you to know we make it really easy for you to listen to the show while you're on the go. You can install the Jeep Talk Show app on your Apple, Android device, uh, and, uh, well, of course, you can always find our episodes at jeeptalkshow.com website. And we've told you that it can take a couple of days for our podcast to appear on various podcasting sources like iTunes or Stitcher. You can change all that by downloading and installing the Jeep Talk Show app on your phone, tab, tablet, or your Android phone and or tablet. With our new app, you can truly have the latest Jeep Talk Show episode on demand. And continuing our domination of all things media, we are on YouTube, guys. That's how we bring the show to you live twice a week. Watch the live show or watch past episodes at your convenience over at youtube.com slash Jeep Talk Show. And hey, if you subscribe, we'll be notified. You'll be notified of new videos. And of course, every 100 subscribers we get, Tony gets a cookie. Ooh, I like the sound of that. Hey, are you thinking, boy, the Jeep Talk Show sounds like fun. I wonder if I could be part of the show. Talk Show sounds like fun. How do I get involved? <laughs> I want a part of it. Well, of course you can. Just send us an email at info at jeeptalkshow.com and tell us your idea of what you can do for the show. We love our listeners. Hey, are you listening? Jeep no. Talk Call-In Show. <laughs> What's this? Well, it's a podcast you can call into. Jeep Talk Show scientists have devised a way that Tony and I can stream audio and video to you live and you can talk back. I know it's a little scary, <laughs> but you know, it's really fun. Tony, join Tony and I every Tuesday night at eight o'clock central and call in. Oh, youtube.com slash Jeep Talk Show. You know, they might need to know where they need to go. It's just my, my opinion. <laughs> well, that's it for this week, guys. Until next week, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Friend us on Facebook. Circle us like vultures on Google+. And above all else, be sure to tell a friend about the Jeep Talk Show. So no matter where you're wheeling, if you pack it in, make sure you pack it out. Let's leave our outdoor wheeling destinations in as good, if not better, condition than we were when we arrived. Remember to always tread lightly. Stay on designated trails. Don't wheel where you're not supposed to. If you'd like to learn more about the tread lightly principles and how you help you can keep trails and public lands open for off-road use, head over to treadlightly.org. So close. I know. <laughs> Just about. If hey, Tammy folks, would have gotten her link in on time. I oh, know, very true. <laughs> well, it was separated on the page. That's right. Tammy has to buy drinks. She screwed it up yeah. this time. Drinks on me, everyone. 
Hey, don't forget, check out my blog and watch my wonderful videos. And hey, if you need a voice for your product or your business, be sure to check me out over at thevoiceofjosh.com. Hang on. Hit play. Yeah, it's not there. It's usually in between the uh, the pause and the stop button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>